Welcome to Swiftly Spoken, a fan-made Taylor Swift podcast in which we analyze her artistry, including her lyricism, music videos, and full album retrospectives. As always, we are your hosts, Lisa and Cameron, and this week we're deep diving into one of Taylor's most carefully crafted songs, Last Kiss. Last Kiss is the only song from Taylor's catalogue that has an annual celebration or because of a specific lyric, that July 9th. To celebrate Last Kiss Day, we're going to be deep diving into all of the details behind the song, the interesting choices Taylor made in the lyrics and productions of the track, the legacy it has in the fandom, and the prospect of a song such as Last Kiss being re-recorded. Just before we get into analysing Last Kiss, we thought we'd quickly say that this episode, along with our Sparks Flight episode, um, are part of an upcoming series that we're going to do about all of the Speak Now songs. And we're going to deep dive into all of them, discuss- discussing all their stories and properly analysing them, which we're going to call Speak Now Stories. So keep an eye out for that. Once Taylor's version of Speak Now is announced, we're going to properly deep dive into all of those and properly start a series of episodes um discussing all of the everything speak now on all the great things that these songs discuss so uh, yeah this is kind of a preface to all of those and we're very excited um for a hopeful soon announcement of speak now taylor's version so that we can probably dive into those songs all of the speak now songs in general are so vivid and that's why we want to do a series on them they all have a lot of information behind them they're also very very personal and last kiss is one of the most personal ones it's the 13th song on taylor's third studio album speak now thought that it could have even been placed as a track five because of how personal and how vulnerable it actually is. Last Kiss, along with the rest of the standard version of Speak Now, was entirely self-written by Taylor, and it's the second longest song on the album, which stands at six minutes and seven seconds, falling just behind Dear John, which lasts six minutes and 43 seconds. I always find it interesting how... um... People always talked about how All Too Well was really long and that's kind of at the five minute mark just over. Mm-hmm. Whereas like this, some of the songs on Speak Now are so much longer with like Last Kiss and Dear John, but like they don't feel it. It's really weird. Like when you listen to them because you're so invested in the story and the stories are described so vividly and just so theatrically, they don't feel like Last Kiss doesn't feel like a six minute long song. You know, like the fact that like All Too Well is the 10 minute version is only like four minutes longer which isn't really that like especially in terms of like dear john which is nearly at the seven minute mark yeah you know if you just added just between us did the love of her main youtube for a minute <laughs> and a half it nearly be at the length of all too well you know like but these songs it are would. so i that's why i've always loved songs that are self-written by taylor because there's so you know that that is there's been no outside input of like um changing up the lyrics or cut it down or you know this is how she sees it the metaphors that she associates with it and that's why I think Speak Now has an album is so vivid and there's so much to describe and why we desperately want to get into all of these songs individually and give them an episode and you know the credit that they deserve because there's so much Taylor really crafted these by herself no one put any outside input or you know a different perspective in there because she was the one creating these and that's why I think Last Kiss and all of the songs on Speak Now are just so just so like personal and vulnerable and just I just love this song so much I'm generally so excited to get into this. The song Last Kiss is sort of like a letter to somebody you say all of these desperate hopeless feelings that you have after a breakup Going through a breakup, you feel all of those different things. You feel anger, you feel confusion and frustration. Then there is absolute sadness. The sadness of losing this person, losing all the memories and the hopes you had for the future. 
there are times when you have this moment of truth where you just admit to yourself that you miss all these things. When I was in one of these moments, I wrote this song. I really think this is such a beautiful description of Last Kiss that it is kind of that the part of the relationship where it is just like total sadness and um and Taylor kind of explores a lot of things and interestingly which we'll mention in a minute like with Forever and Always like the fact that that song's kind of is the kind of anger and frustration almost um but then but then obviously when it's given a piano version it's the sadness and stuff and I think Last Kiss is that as well it's just that brokenness isn't it of realizing this is over like this is never gonna be how it was anymore and I just miss that and I think that yeah that's why Last Kiss is so beautiful because it is that it is that brokenness it's absolutely devastating as a song Mm. because especially the line which we'll get into I don't know how to be something you miss I think that always has hit very hard because like she said it's not just a moment of sadness is a moment of realizing you have to admit to yourself you miss these things and there's no way to get them get back. back yeah which which is like what is almost sadder that it's like that is over and there's no way to turn back and what's quite interesting mentioning forever and always is the secret message that is included in the speak now um, lyric booklet and that secret message is forever and always which obviously is a fearless song and which was placed on fearless very late last minute and this really gives the key connection to who this song is about and then links certain fearless songs and speak now songs together so obviously um, as everyone kind of knows forever and always is written about joe jonas and that is the same with last kiss and i think that's what's um and I always kind of, and we discussed it in our episode where we put other songs, Taylor Swift songs on other Taylor Swift albums, is the kind of linear kind of links that happen between all of the albums and the way that they really do kind of cross over with each other, you know, with Forever and Always kind of linking with Speak Now and some debut songs linking with Fearless and then Onwards and, you know, the songs kind of all link together. And I think that that's um, what's quite nice is that you get to see the different, the different feelings that Taylor had for that individual um relationship you know the kind of frustration and annoyance of forever and always like you said forever and always like why have you gone and then the brokenness and the sadness of um last kiss and you know all these kind of multifaceted feelings that you get and which is then taylor then describes in red you know the mosaic of different feelings i think that that is explored in um for this relationship in specific in multiple songs across fearless and speak now um, which is why I've just always loved Last Kiss. And I've always loved the secret messages. I really, really wish yes. we still had them because they give so... Just the fact that, like, three words, forever and always, just connects everything. It just yeah. tells you everything about the song. Yeah, I really wish that we still got those. Like, I understand for Repetition she didn't because of the, you know, there would just be Repetition, there's no further explanation. So giving a secret message would be giving... More information. Hmm. More information, and that would defeat the whole concept of the album. But I really wish she brought it back for Lover. And and even, and Folklore, the thing is, is with Folklore and Evermore, it's harder to do so because they're not necessarily, you know, they're about kind of imaginary situations or mixed in with her real life. You know, there's there's obviously the folklore element of, you know, that it's kind of stories passed about and the stories change and mingle with each other. But I really wish that we still had it in some even just some songs, because I just miss it so much. So or maybe, so maybe on the Taylor's version, Vaults, like that would be quite cool to get. Oh, yeah. There, even. 
it would because it was so exciting to receive the album and or just go through the lyrics and find all these little it, clues yeah. and then you're like oh so this song now has a different meaning added on to it because now it can be like with this one it can be connected to forever and always mm. and like you were saying it makes this connection where we see the the play out of all of these emotions and how she's gone through them all so I also really really enjoyed secret messages and when Reputation came out and I saw that there wasn't any, like you said, I understand it, but I, even then I was kind of disappointed because it was a tradition within mm. the fandom that was so exciting. These three words give the whole song another aspect to it and you can mm. connect them songs. And I don't know, it is sad, but I, on the other hand, I understand Reputation, like you said, makes sense folklore evermore as well i guess she could have done it on lover but then if she was like skipping some putting it on others yeah that's the thing and, and also i feel like lover is quite clear set really on what it's yeah. about uh, yeah. and also i suppose uh um, a slight negative which i have seen people discuss about with the secret messages is that sometimes they make you think about them in relation to taylor rather than in relation to yourself and Taylor's always yeah. said that these songs are not really hers anymore. They're her fans, you know, and her fans associate their feelings with these emotions. You know, it's not about necessarily Taylor's feelings. Any, not that they're not about that, but you know how she said with All Too Well, like that's it's about other people's experience with that song. It's not a paternity test. It's not about who it is and isn't about. Yeah. But there is something that's just quite nice that they give context. I've always just quite liked to know the context and what what songs link. And then you can kind of... I don't know, it adds to a kind of more like linear chronological story. So I have seen that opinion before that actually some people prefer not having them because then um, it's left to your own experience and imagination yeah. of what you want to interpret these songs Yeah, as. and but you can I, draw conclusions by yourself. Yeah, but, but I also do it, like, I don't know, I just quite like it. I just like the fun element of actually deciphering it. And then right. also the context and the information that these simple little secret messages can give. Which I guess is why is the figuring out the vaults and the two little like unscrambling the letters and the mm. the word search and that they're just as exciting. Yeah, because it it's little ways to she's always been good at that little personal ways to make releases a what? bit more exciting. Yeah. And I think this was one of the ways. Definitely, and you're right. Actually, I suppose the vault is the you know the deciphering of the vault is a new way yeah. of doing that. Um, so yeah, she still definitely does it. But I don't know. There's just something about those secret like I just vividly remember getting those cd booklets and then and a sheet of paper out letters. and like writing yeah. it out and someone on the internet had already found it way before i'd even decided <laughs> like before i tried to work out what i remember some of the words that i used to come up with i'd be like what <laughs> you know but i just really love it and really do miss it with that being said we're going to get into the song and properly go through all of the lyrics and the production and all of the hidden meanings behind all of these tiny little details and choices that taylor made that make this song as devastating emotionally as it is so the instrumental intro to this song is exactly 27 seconds long and this is no coincidence taylor made this the length of the intro of the song because it is also the length of the infamous breakup call uh, between her and Joe Jonas, who, as we've mentioned, this song is about. That is such a tiny little detail, but it just shows how much she was thinking about every single little detail in this song. Yeah, I really think that's the thing with Speak Now. Speak Now is on another level in terms of like how thought out and how personal elements of it are. And I always think about the Target commercial where she's like, I'm naming names. Like, she really like she went did. for it. Like, you know, she named names. She made stuff so specific and like, because the whole point of it is like, I'm saying stuff that I didn't get to say. So I want these people to know that I'm saying this 
you know to them about this experience that happened you know like I just love that and there was something about late fearless early speak now Taylor that she just like really didn't care like she was rude she's got that, she was like yes that, this is 27 yeah, of her with the dolls, with the dolls, yeah. and she's like, "Oh, this doll comes up with a phone, so it can break up with other dolls." You know, like she really yeah. just went all out, which I just. And we all knew at that point in time in the fandom that the twenty second seconds it was infamous because she had spoken about it and said, On "Yeah, Ellen, he broke yeah. up with me." Yeah. In 27 seconds. And then the choice, seeing that it was literally exactly 27 seconds. And it makes you really feel the weight of how short that phone call was. Because that intro passes in, like, it doesn't feel like... 27 seconds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it doesn't feel long at all. Yeah. And it's like, God, it all went down in those 27 seconds after all of this. Yeah. Crazy. After this six minutes, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, all these emotions that happen in the rest of the song. You know, and yeah, that, that that all those feelings were kind of broken because of that 27 seconds. Ah, oh, yeah, it is. This is why I love Last Kiss so much. I love this song. Okay, so moving on to Last Kiss lyrics. The first kind of interesting lyric is from verse one, and it's, I still remember the look on your face lit through the darkness at 158. So the 158 is quite a classic Taylor reference. She kind of mentions 2am a lot um, throughout her kind of earlier catalogue. And, um, and morning, very early morning seemed to be a thing that follows throughout Taylor's kind of... Uh, discography but um there's a bit of a debate here in terms of um the date and the time because um if it is 158 on july 9th then the image is not necessarily um of taylor on july 9th wouldn't necessarily make sense because it would be the 10th isn't there there's a slight confusion about that but yeah. I, I think that it's was it like thinking just after midnight on yeah. july 9th yeah. Is July 9th and one fifty-eight the same day? Yeah. There is a slight confusion about, yeah, where it yeah. kind of came from. But Taylor actually confirmed during a Reputation Secret session that July 9th and one fifty-eight were on the same day. Right. So our celebrations, what, what we do in the fandom, which is very strange, but the celebrations are correct. It is yeah. the same July 9th and one fifty-eight are the same day. Continuing on with the lyrics, Taylor then goes on to mention I remember and I recall through the song. And this is something that she does in many of her greatest songs. She frames them all as being vivid memories. So we can see it in other songs like Out of the Woods, where she says, looking at it now, last December, all too well, uh, August. It, It shows the importance of memory in her song and how memories, they can really stick with us and how much of an impression they can leave. And Taylor really does a brilliant job at evoking these memories really, really strongly. Like, you listen to these songs, and Speak Now is the perfect example, because every single song can evoke a very specific memory. And even if it's not a memory in yourself of your personal life, she paints it so, so vividly. Yeah. Yeah. So it really, really remind it really, really reminds us of something we haven't lived, but it's almost as if we were there. Yeah, and I've always loved how Taylor kind of says, and she kind of gives importance to stuff, and like of like don't forget these things, like even yes. if it is sad. And I think that's always quite sweet that she's always like, I remember it. Like you must like with all too well. It's like you know, like I remember it all too well. You remember it as well. Like don't pretend like this didn't happen. Exactly. Just wildest because, dreams. You know, yeah, wildest dreams. Yeah. Say you'll remember me. Yeah. Exactly. It's like there is this. She's always had this thing of like no matter how the kind of experience goes or positive or negative, it's about remembering it because you'd gain something from it. Um, and I've always loved that, that she is very clear that memories are such an important thing and remembering it and holding on to it um, 
is something that yeah it's kind of follows throughout Taylor songs and like you said with all too well out of the woods august wildest dreams it kind of follows throughout and yeah it's a really kind of it's it's in this uh song it's really sad because it's like yeah you know trying to remember something that isn't ever going to come about again but sometimes it it almost has quite a nice feeling of like just remember it you know like don't let it go you know and and, and even in things like new year's day you know hold on to the memories it's kind of right it, is a it really is really a theme that, that she's developed kind of runs yeah. throughout as we spoke about earlier, this song and Forever and Always are very, very much linked. And we can see that in the first lyrics. So whereas in Last Kiss, we have the words that you whispered for just us to know, you told me you loved me, so why did you go away? In Forever and Always, we basically have the equivalent of these lyrics, but just much more frustrated. So we have, you looked me in the eye and told me you loved me. Were you just kidding? So it's exactly the same message she's given us, but just yeah. that changing tone and changing a couple of words really gives us like the sad version yeah. and the angry version yeah it's almost like last kisses forever and always circle sad girl ultimate version you know it's like right. you know, it's like looking at it rather than the frustration and the annoyance of like you love like you said you love me what are you doing it's like you said you love me like why are you going away from me yeah there's this total just by changing up a couple of like words it kind of gives this like brokenness in comparison to forever and always in the next part of the song we have the infamous mention of that July 9th. So she says, uh, I do recall now the smell of the rain, fresh on the pavement. I ran off the plane that July 9th, the beat of your heart, it jumps through your shirt. I can still feel your arms. So the point of this very specific reference is that it links back to a very specific day. It links to the day that Taylor was pictured arriving on July 9th of 2008 uh, to a Jonas Brothers concert and she was pictured exiting a plane as she traveled towards that concert so it really pinpoints the moment in time and of, of course it kind of gives us confirmation about who this song is about what this song is about but it's so devastating that she remembered that day mm. yeah it is and it's almost like again referencing all too well again with the like um I still remember the first fall of snow you know it's like yeah she really does pinpoint these days. yeah like this specific it's like it and that's why it makes these songs so person vulnerable is because it's like there's like specific stuff that happened it's like mentioned and and it's and it's interesting with the whole July 9th thing really um because obviously this this is such a devastating song and this like specific date and mention of this date is so sad the whole thing of like you know I can still feel your heart and like I can still feel your arms you know and the beat of your heart but then as a fandom, we like celebrate this song. It's like, oh, today's July 9th day, last kiss day. It's really interesting yeah. how it's kind of... It's so funny how it's developed. It yeah. is kind of parallel to All Too Well in a, well, in a way because we made All Too Well something different. And even Taylor has has spoken about that and said, you know, it's it's been translated, it's been transformed into something different now. Last Kiss, I still think it's a bit more underground in the yeah. sense that it's... But it is celebrated every single year. Like yeah. every year on July 9th, we have uh, edits and like the lyrics are posted by everyone, mm. screenshots of that 158. It really is a moment in the fandom, which is so crazy to think that it's from such a sad <laughs> song, but at least it gets appreciated, I say. One way that many Swifties commemorate the song and the day is by playing, starting the song at exactly 157.26 on July 9th. So the lyric that mentions 158 
will be mentioned at the same time that the clock strikes one fifty-eight. <laughs> this thing, it does seem yeah. like, <laughs> like I've never done this. Like, like I said, I listened to last case on July 9th, but I think yeah, this is another. Right. This is a little bit another level. Like, this is kind I of like hope... when you line up on New Year's Eve when you line up songs, so it hits right at new. At, you know, at midnight. Night, but yeah. this is kind of like crazily on a different level. Yeah, it's on another level. I remember lots of people doing that for 2020, which is quite ironic now, um, with like Long oh Live. You know, it was the end of a decade, but a start of an age. Not right. a very good age for two years, yeah, you know. <laughs> but still, like, it's that kind of thing. But I don't know. There's something about Last Kiss where it's just like, this song is so heartbreaking that like, you don't want to be celebrating, like, the 158. Like, she was, you know, like, this is sad, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Interesting that people do do it. And it's nice that Last Kiss is kind of has this huge legacy and has mm, the day definitely. where people really appreciate its lyrics and its songs and, you know, it is a beautiful song but I do feel like sometimes this is a little step too far maybe. Last Kiss is also such an effective song because it can be analysed basically as a poem and within literary analysis a lot of amazing literature comes down to the fact that the lyrics or in this case or the writing in general is very vivid and it evokes things. So we've already spoken about this within Last Kiss and how you know, it mentions these very, very evocative things such as a specific date. But one thing that really makes a song vivid is something that Taylor did in Last Kiss, which is mentioning senses. She mentions and incorporates the four senses into the song. And it really shows just how strong the memories of this relationship are. So these four senses that she mentions are the smell of the rain being the sense of smell, the feel of your arms being the sense of touch, the look on your face being the sense of vision, and also the words that you whisper being the sense of, of hearing. And we can even say that she does mention the fifth sense of taste, because we could kind of maybe relate uh, taste with the sense of lips and kissing, Kiss, yeah. which is the main point of the song. So it's just these tiny details that makes this song lyrics especially just so good they're mm. so memorable and like yeah it's incredible how much detail taylor put into this and honestly from that kind of perspective it does stand up against great poetry in my personal opinion yeah i, I really i think that songwriting is a form of kind of poetry and stuff um, and the fact that some of these songs taylor's songs have originated as poems especially with you know songs like this love um so no i think it really um it's just incredible it shows so incredible songwriting ability and craft I think that that um emphasis with all the senses and it and it gives it more life you can really envision the song you can really either see yourself in that experience or you know see someone else or just imagine Taylor's experience in you know feeling this it's it is just so vivid and so gorgeous the way that it's described okay so going to verse two there's quite an interesting lyric crossover with a Joe Jonas song which was released in 2011 so the lyric in the in Last Kiss is the life of the party you're showing off again and in one of Joe Jonas's songs he says I gotta be the life of the party so again um clearly there was a real understanding of you know him as a person and these very vivid memories of you know certain experiences and, and again is and it just and and I've always quite liked that with um and obviously Taylor and Joe Jonas now and why we can talk quite openly about it they're incredibly good friends which I think is really nice and you know and they kind of reference uh the fact that you know they have songs about each other um Joe Jonas's current wife even joked about Mr Perfectly Fine um yeah. so you know we can talk about this without 
it being a paternity test. This is not what we're intending. We're just more, it's interesting to analyse the lyrics and look at crossover and lyric parallels between other Taylor songs that are written about similar experiences and then Joe Jonas songs that are written about similar experiences to really add to the story and the vividness of this song. And it's very interesting that there's a real crossover um, between that song and this song. Another interesting lyric in this verse is, and I'd roll my eyes and then you pull me in. I'm not much for dancing, but for you I did, which has another very interesting parallel, this time with another Taylor song, Holy Ground. So it really connects them because obviously we have Holy Ground. I don't want to dance unless I'm dancing with you. And then this one literally being her only dancing with that person as well. We then reach the bridge of the song, which is, in my opinion, one of the most iconic Taylor bridges. Something that you mentioned before is um, how long these songs are and how Taylor self-written songs tend to be a bit longer. They also almost always tend to have these amazing bridges. Specifically starting from the Speak Now era, I think her songwriting in that Speak Now era was just so on point. Yeah, it all really done developed, by herself. didn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's something from that point onwards from speak now onwards that's when like the taylor swift bridge was really formed because yeah. even though you know there are elements of them in fearless and and on debut not so much so in terms of you know them being really the point of the song and like the moment in the song and like these huge like you know lyrical moments and i think that yeah from speak now onwards that was where they really really developed and i can't really think of many from fearless or debut that are on the same level as, say, Last Kiss, Enchanted, or, you know, Dear John. Well, Dear John, yeah, Out of the Woods, you know, all the songs that then continue, August, uh, Champagne Problems, you know, that kind of go on. So there's kind of not, this is where she really, like, honed her craft of, like, the bridge sure. and the iconic Taylor Swift bridge. Yeah, well said, yeah, I agree with you. It's just, it's such a moment in the song. Like, you can feel this build-up in production, which, again, is done so well with this song with the lyrics in mind how it builds up and then it it crashes and then she's slowly breaking down in the bridge basically yeah there's there's the <clears throat> shaky breath moment yes. that is so it really that, that again that is something talking about senses and stuff when you hear that you can really feel the emotion as if the lyrics aren't already you know emotional enough like that is a real kind of personal moment and it's something that we have previously kind of mentioned um in one of our other episodes about taylor's version and whether this is something that will be replicated um in taylor's version and whether she can still feel um these emotions and we'll mention this later on when we discuss the performances of last kiss um about um taylor performing this song and you know difficulties mm. of possibly performing this song but i'm really intrigued and i really hope that we do get that because i really think it's a real gorgeous moment but i don't know if that's something that you can kind of fake out you know what I mean it's almost like can you it's one of those things that that was recorded when she was you know that wouldn't have been something that she just kind of went ah, you know it would have been more yeah in the moment of like recording it in the studio just the broken I definitely feel it wasn't it wasn't a purposeful edition this one wasn't no I think it's unlike, just because unlike things like stay 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 or hey yeah. Stephen the giggle and stuff like that. even yeah. the giggle in hey Stephen was um also not on purpose it was something that was done in the studio and then decided to be kept on hmm. but you know it's not really something that you can necessarily recreate can you yeah exactly in this case though it, I think that it, she was just so emotional while recording this and like we said the the bridge being so emotional and being like remembering it all and then being like wishing you well and you're literally about to go into the lyrics 
I, you know, something reminds you, you wish you had stayed. And you think it's going to be very, very difficult to recreate because it is such a moment in the song. It's like a split second, mm. but it really but gets you emotional. It really adds it. And in, in this bridge as well, just meant talking about it quickly. Um, this has some of my favourite Taylor Swift lyrics of all time. So I'll yeah. watch your life in pictures like I used to watch you sleep. And I feel you forget me like I used to feel you breathe. Oh, it's just and so then. Good. And then you can plan for a change in the weather and time, but I never planned on you changing your mind. I think these lyrics are just so, they just like give me goosebumps. Like even reading How them out. How she comes up with this stuff. Uh, like the rhyme scheme is amazing. Yeah. The wording is amazing. And they're just like, it's so simple, but at the same time, so effective. Yeah, how like, much it breaks you down and yeah the, the, you know the the feeling of feeling someone breathe and then the feeling of you like that knowing you're pulling you. away yeah yeah and it, it just the the vividness of both of those feelings and pairing them together uh, is absolutely incredible something we haven't got into yet is the actual chorus of this song and it starts with but now i'll go sit on the floor wearing your clothes and this is something that again has another parallel within taylor's lyrics uh the parallel can be made with you are in love which says you keep his shirt he keeps his word and for once you let go of your fears and your ghosts and i think it just shows two sides of the same coin on one side we have her sitting in someone else's clothes on the floor completely devastated thinking about i can't i can't make them miss me and mm. on the other side we have her keeping the shirt and they're keeping their word and you let yeah. go of that fear, that previous fear of being on the floor all alone and remembering yes. these oh, things. that's such a gorgeous parallel. That is a really, yeah, yeah like you said, it's like t two sides of the same coin, but one's so positive and one is so negative. One of being sat in someone's clothes, feeling so broken, broken and apart from that person, and then being sat in someone's clothes and feeling the total opposite of being so, you know, connected to that person. It's a really, yeah, really, really gorgeous parallel. And not something that was necessarily intended, but it's just a really no, interesting, um, you know, parallel between the songs. And like we said in our previous, uh, one of our previous episodes about, you know, songs that cross over on Taylor albums, that's what's so interesting about Terry's lyricism is that certain um, metaphors and motifs are used throughout lots of different songs, um, but they take on new, they look at stuff in a new way, even though they're the same kind of outlook if you know what I mean I don't know if that's, mm. I'm describing that very well but um and this is one of those things where it's like something like that an experience like that of wearing someone that you're in relationships with clothing can have so many different can have two totally different feelings and like and I just it's just so interesting and that's why I will always 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 love Taylor's songwriting another part of the chorus is of course the point of the song the name of the song your name forever the name on my lips and this is just a random little detail, but a lot of people in the fandom have commented upon it, um, which is just how ironic and how funny it is that Joe, which obviously Joe Jonas was the inspiration of this song, and the name on forever her forever the name on her lips would have been Joe, is funnily enough also the name of Joe, her her current boyfriend Joe. So it's just funny that literally it is forever the name on her lips in the end. Yeah, it's, but... it's quite sweet. It is quite sweet. <laughs> it is sweet um, in a way. It, it kind of gives it a nice little spin. Yeah, you know, it kind of gives it the um, the stay, stay, stay feel maybe when she's like re-recording this and will maybe think, oh, you know, that's quite a nice crossover and it has a new meaning rather than a sad meaning. It has a kind of, you know, thread of gold f feeling of, you know, the it is, invisible like, string. Account. Yeah, yeah, how funny. Like, we never thought, I never thought I'd be referring to literally that the, the name on her lips would be that name. So. Yeah, 
it's very it's just a fun little coincidence yeah so the outro of um or the final line of last kiss is one of my favorite things about the song and so obviously as lisa just said forever the name on my lips and then the final line is just like our last and taylor doesn't say kiss and the reason is because the last time that she says kiss you don't realize that that is going to be the last time she says it just like the last time she kissed the person she's singing about she didn't know it was going to be the last either and I just think that the way she says it it's almost like you say it she says like because I remember the first time I listened to the song I was when she said just like our last time I'm thinking oh and I thought oh she didn't say kiss and it's just like and it's so such a gorgeous way of like creating that feeling again of not knowing that that would be the last time you ever had that feeling with someone or that you know would kiss someone and the way that she then replicates that in the music and what is and that's why this song is so specific you know with the intro and the outro and the senses and all of the direct references to certain things in that relationship it's just so gorgeous and I absolutely love I just love like I said when she every time she says it it generally gives me goosebumps like just like last and you're like ah it's it's so gorgeous. it leaves you hanging which yeah. is the point it really mm. does it leaves you hanging because you you kind of just want to complete it yourself by going yeah just like kiss, kiss. yeah it's but like, it why never did comes. you say it yeah and yeah it never so comes gorgeous. because she never got it it never no. you never you never knew she never thought it would be our last kiss and it kind of just cuts you off there and it leaves you with that devastating feeling of loss it really yeah. does it's it's so gorgeous really gorgeous like I said, all, all a lot of the Speak Now songs are like there's something about yeah, yeah, there's yeah. something about the Speak Now songs. I don't know what it is. It's because she wrote them alone. She, yeah, I, I think I she think needs so. she needs to. I know this is slightly controversial, but no, I think she not. needs Say to do it. it again. She needs to do it again. She <laughs> yep. needs to write solo again because Say I, it out want, loud. I want I want her solid. Because that's the thing with Speak. I think that's why they're so vivid. Is because there's no outside input. All of these songs, in my opinion, that's why they can be analysed like this. Like, you can do text analysis on them. You can go really, really deep on them because they're more like poems. And that is why Speak Now is not very commercial and the GP don't love the album because Mm. you can't just hang on to it. Then, you know, it's not shake it off is what I mean to say. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, there's, it's all so personal. And so All Too Well has always felt like a solo, right? I know it's technically not. Well, to be honest, I think Liz Rose, the good thing about her as a co-writer is how much like liberty she just gave to Taylor. And I think they were very much on the same wavelength. Yeah. And she um, also said that all she really did was edited. I just want her to just do, do another album like Speak Now again. And I'm, one of the reasons why I'm so excited for Taylor's version of Speak Now is because hopefully we'll get more like this. So now we're going to quickly discuss some of the performances of A Last Kiss. So during the Speak Now World Tour, which ran from 2011 to 2012, um, the song was performed 92 times. Um, and the performance of Last Kiss that is included on the Speak Now World Tour live DVD and CD, very interestingly, is from the night that Joe Jonas was actually in the audience. So we um, have seen a lot on the internet about this and weren't sure the truth behind this. So we did some research and probably delved in and found out that this is true by looking at the writing that was on Taylor's arms and the day that Joe Jonas did attend the Speak Now concert, which there's photographic and video evidence of him being at the gig and him being in the crowd when Taylor was singing Last Kiss. This, the uh, performance that was featured on the DVD is the one that Joe Jonas was at. Yeah, it all lines up, basically. Which is it, We went mad. on a very spiral deep deep dive investigation but it lines up it was in san jose um and yeah it's it's very poignant to to watch joe jonas watching taylor singing this song which is so blatantly about him like Mm. 
even if we hadn't have known, if we'd never gotten the secret message, if we didn't have the pictures of her being at, you know, the July 9th concert, he would have still known because, oh, yeah. you know, he was part of that. He would have that. known those. He would have known those days and that, yeah. Yeah, so to see that is, oh, my gosh. So it's crazy to think. Such an emotional thing to sing, you know, knowing that that person's in the crowd and knowing that you're fine with right. that person now. And that, you know, you're good friends with that person. And, you know, it must be such a strange, um, it, but it, it, quite a nice, it gives it a real full circle moment. And I think that's what's quite nice and why you can talk quite openly about the Joe Jonas songs is because they are really good friends now. And there's This also has kind of sparked another theory within the fandom, which is that Holy Ground makes reference to exactly this moment. Because the secret message of Holy Ground is when you saw me in SD or something like that. It's like when you came to see the show in, in SD. Um but it's not completely correct because Joe Jonas went to see her show in San Jose, California, and San Diego, California would be the SD, the reference in Holy Ground. So maybe Taylor wasn't remembering correctly because they're both in California. They both are called like San. I think she was referencing him. And yeah, I, I do and honestly fair, think he may Holy have been, he may have he been may at have that been. show as well. Um, right. And also, I think. We've we've said this before where there's been slight spelling mistakes. There's a spelling mistake, isn't there? True. On, is it everything has changed? Um, yeah. So it's like, you know, these things happen. Maybe again. And the same with reputation. There's a mistake in one of the lyrics, I think, on Dancing With Our Hands Tied in the lyric booklet. Um, because it, or maybe it's Lover. There's one where there's a, a slight mistake. Um, especially on the Lover, sorry, vinyl for Soon You'll Get Better. Um, the title is wrong so it's like because taylor isn't the one typing these things out so you know you never know it might be a slight mistake it might be on purpose then it might reference someone else you never know holy ground but i think that yeah it's quite nice to think that that is part of this kind of linear of songs that you know yeah the speculation is is made uh we definitely know who he was at that san jose concert some people speculate that he also attended the san diego one although we don't Mm. have any evidence for that um but like you said i really think it's it's nice to connect them in my head they will be connected because it gives it a really like full circle moment of it's, and yeah. the connection between the lyrics and how it in the end it ended up okay you know yeah. like you look back at it and you're like it was good it was holy ground and then it obviously when it links into um invisible string it just i don't know there's just something yeah. really nice about the, these songs and i i will always think of holy ground as being part of that storyline because it just really adds and makes and it just is a really positive kind of message but anyways back on to performances um the song was also performed once on the red tour but has never actually been performed since and during the rep tour taylor mentioned to a fan how some songs were just so personal that she finds them really difficult to sing and last kiss i guess is probably one of those mm. um and i wonder then discussing about the shaky breath and taylor's version if to this day this song is still so hard to sing because of it's vulnerability and sadness. And even when you watch the 10 minute version of All Too Well, the lyric video that's on YouTube and you can see Taylor singing in the studio, you can see the emotion that she still admit emits singing this song because, you know, you can step back into that person that wrote this these lyrics or originally sang it. And, you know, you can, and the lyrics are so, I remember even as a kid hearing All Too Well when I was like 12 and thinking, oh my God, like I'd never been in a relationship. I'd never experienced anything like that. But I just remember thinking, this is so sad, like, and just feeling so emotional about it. And I think that if you step into those shoes, whether you've experienced that or not, it is so 
heartbreaking and Last Kiss is one of those. So I'm really, really looking forward to hearing Taylor's version of this song. Yeah, I definitely think that Taylor's version of Speak Now in general is going to be difficult um, for her to re-record because like we've mentioned all throughout this episode, it is such a personal album and going back and having to relive the moments, especially when some of the songs like Dear John and Last Kiss are so devastating and are about such even for us as listeners they're devastating and then we can kind of like like, you said we yeah sorry so i was just gonna say like never grow up like that's oh my gosh i really struggle to listen to i even long live i can't deal with (laughs) exactly like imagine then having to sing that with you know with the actual thing being lived yeah Yeah. uh it's so i yeah this is a really hard really hard one to kind of go back on and i think yeah. that's why she doesn't really perform things like never grow up obviously soon you'll get better and stuff like that because they're just so oh, personal and so hmm. um sad that it must be you must just be so overcome with emotion i'm so excited for speak now taylor's version i don't know when it's going to come like like we've said whenever we have any rumblings about it we will be releasing all of these really really cool episodes we have planned about like behind the scenes stories behind all of these songs just like we have in this episode because there is so much to say so many details that I think have been lost throughout time and will be really interesting to discuss leading up to it I don't know when it will come I really hope we get some announcement soon but yeah me too Um, we've we've kind of discussed privately that we think that um unfortunately the kind of next musical thing is probably Carolina and then maybe we'll move mm. back into Taylor's version again probably so there's not a crossover so maybe there's not a slight confusion about what's coming from where to make right. it a bit more distinct of like you know last kid um this love sorry the doctor and then the all too well film festival stuff and then I think Carolina and then I think we'll then move back into Taylor's version again towards the end of the year which is interesting maybe she's kind of designating that part of the year to doing stuff like that my final thoughts on all of this, on Last Kiss, apart from the fact that 10 years ago, you know, this was my favourite song ever. And I'm so glad we've done, we've done this episode because it gives it justice, I think. But I will always say this. I think that Last Kiss walked so that All Too Well could run. And Last yeah. Kiss should be more appreciated simply because of that. Yeah, I really do think that Last Kiss is really appreciated, but like on a kind of underground level in comparison to things like all too well that are like so you know like i i want everyone to appreciate that song it's incredible like it deserves everything but i think that last kiss really deserves more appreciation and it's almost just yeah and dear john it's almost like secretly appreciated and i wonder maybe if taylor's version will maybe make people i think that what will be quite interesting with speak now is that i wonder if taylor's version will make people realize like wow like because i feel like speak now is slightly underappreciated or not necessarily underappreciated but like I don't know, it just isn't to the same level as some of the other albums, and I think that people yeah. don't realise how in incredible the fandom, these songs are. There's, there's, two, there's two albums that tend to be kind of like, not overlooked, because obviously you're always going to find fans of Debut and of Speak Now, but yeah. I think both of them are kind of overlooked, maybe more on a, a general scale, yes. you know, like general fans, which is fine because everyone has their favourite music, and some people may prefer 1989, and that was their gateway into Taylor Swift songs, and that makes absolute sense. But honestly, I will always recommend Speak Now as a whole, just for lyrical content. Lyrically, it's amazing. It's one of, it, I think lyrically, and this Ahead of its quite time. a bold statement, is probably Taylor's best, really. I know that's that might be a bit mad, but like putting uh, it up against like Folklore, folklore and Evermore, Evermore yeah. yeah. But it's it's up there with those two. Like it really is up there that, with like yeah, Folklore Yeah, for its Evermore. time, it's definitely ahead of its time. And mm. 
again, something that will be interesting to talk about is why she did that, why yeah. she kind of worked on her own. So, yeah, definitely stay tuned for all of that because I'm very excited to go into Speak Now whenever that will be. With that, we've come to the end of this episode. It's been so fun looking into Last Kiss, one of her most amazingly lyrical songs for sure. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like it over on YouTube and subscribe so you can keep up with us. Uh, also, if you're listening on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, rate us if you did enjoy. And finally, keep up with us on Instagram by following us. We are at Swiftly Spoken Podcast.